everybody! Welcome to the Chiba Cast. Hope you're all having an awesome day today. So, let me ask you a question. Does CBD and CBG have the same therapeutic benefits? Well, what's CBD? CBD is a cannabinoid present in the cannabis plant. It's a psychoactive, but unlike THC, it does not cause a high sensation that many people associate with using cannabis. Imaging studies show that CBD can cause significant alterations in brain activity and connectivity patterns. Research also suggests that CBD may offer benefits to people with certain medical problems, like anxiety or anti-inflammatory diseases, neurogenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. However, CBG is also another part of the cannabis plant. It's usually about 1%. It works very similarly to CBD by binding to the same uh, receptors in the brain. Although there is more research into CBD's effects on people, research on CBG is growing. Some studies suggest that CBG may provide therapeutic potential in treating Huntington's disease, Parkinson's disease, MS, and IBS. But really, what does it do? Well, it's also known for its antifungal, antibacterial, and antiparasitic properties. It's also shown potential as an anti-cancer compound that inhibits the growth of cancer cells. But what's better? It depends on the condition you're trying to treat. If it's anxiety or mood issues, CBD is probably best. If for migraines, glaucoma, cancer, things like that, CBG is probably best for you. Talk to a doctor. Find out what they can do to help. Since marijuana and all of these products are becoming more legalized, more and more doctors are using marijuana as an alternative to opioids or other painkillers because of their addictive natures. Did you know that the legalization for medical marijuana has been linked to a reduction in opioid addiction for cancer patients? Published in the JAMA Oncology paper, with researchers saying that there is a significant decrease in opioid prescriptions in use among patients with breast, colorectal, and lung cancer since marijuana has been legalized in certain states and cities. The study suggests that there was a drop between 6 and 19% of middle-aged patients active in their treatment of cancer getting opioid prescriptions. I'm going to murder this, but that's okay. Leader of the paper and a health economist at Weill Cornell Medicine said, the magnitude of the reduction of opioid dispensing in cancer patients varied by the type of cancer and whether the patient received prescription opioids prior to their cancer diagnosis and that their findings suggest that with increasing medical marijuana legalization, marijuana may be substituting for opioids for cancer-related pain to some extent. Currently, medical marijuana is legal in 37 states, and Washington, D.C. Good news for everybody living in Wisconsin, although this news is probably a couple years old, or at least a year old. The Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, and several other words that are useless, the DATCP, has announced the official end of the state hemp program. But what does that mean? This allows farmers to work directly with the USDA Domestic Hemp Production Program, although hemp processors will remain under the DATCP for consumer and food products. Hemp farming licenses and processing licenses have dropped significantly, resulting in a loss of about a half a million dollars in fees, 56% drop in income, partially due to the pandemic and a saturated CBD market. Because of this uh, drop in income, Wisconsin couldn't manage its own program under USDA requirements. The best news is that even though the state has an unwillingness to invest in hemp, 
the growers will no longer need to worry about the state's regulations. They will only have to deal with one set of federal rules. I laugh at that because it's not really one set. With no license or registration fees to the USDA, plus they will be eligible for federal grant and research funds, which is which is really good considering. USDA licenses are good for three years, although, you know, no licensing or registration fees. And federal oversight allows farmers to use labs to sample and test their own crops for THC samples. The good news is, again, it's being moved from, well, I don't know if it's good news, it's being moved from one fe- from one government facility to another government facility. So there you go. Oh, and uh, watch out, everybody, because there's awful news on the weed front because kids use weed, and that should slow the legalization of pot in New York, according to the Washington Post. And I'll just say this up front. Considering our last news report, the idea that pot use leads to opioid use is recalculous. This news is just a continuing narrative of the reefer madness nonsense that has been sold to the public since William Randolph Hearst paid to have hemp and marijuana studies altered and tainted to keep the hemp farmers from competing with the logging industry and selling alternative products. Considering that Hearst owned large plots of forested land and was using that lumber to turn into paper and keep his prices at a premium to make tons of money. A study published Monday by Clinical Toxicology reports a 245% jump in the number of calls related to pot use among 6 to 18-year-olds. That's from 2000 to 2020, with close to 1,800 such calls in 2020 alone. Those numbers, the study authors say, have been supercharged by the trend since 2017 of state marijuana legalization and by the fact that so much marijuana is now consumed in edible forms. It makes grim sense. That's a quote from the post. If weed is legal, more people will buy, sell, and consume it. Indeed, regular weed smoking has more than doubled since 2013, according to Gallup, to 16% of Americans and nearly a third of adults under 35. And some 14% of Americans eat THC edibles. This is a fear tactic. It is always used, but it's never used for things like opioids, you know, painkillers, prescription drugs, things like that, alcohol, sugar consumption, social media manipulation, and other dopamine addictions. But hey, weed, it's really bad. This wave of cultural normalization raises the chances that someone will abuse the drug to the point of self-damage, especially since concentrations of THC have been soaring since the 1990s. There is no evidence of any of that happening in the history of marijuana. Look it up. The article goes on to say that a growing body of scientific evidence suggests that high THC content in weed and long-term use by adolescents can contribute to mental illness and long-lasting neurological changes in the reward circuitry of the brain. Well, that was actually taken from uh, another study, which I had quoted earlier, funny enough, about the fact that CBD does change pathways in the brain to help you deal with pain and inflammation and other diseases. So there, there is no negative effect to this. Other evidence suggests a link between adolescent cannabis use and later opioid use. That's a fucking lie. Because, again, citing that research study that I just talked about earlier, where 6 to 19% of opioid use has dropped since the legalization of marijuana. There you go. And by the way, no studies have been attached to this article to show proof of other, to show proof otherwise. This is an article that's trying to goad you into believing that marijuana weed cannabis is a dirty, filthy habit. 
worse than anything on the planet with no real evidence to back it up other than consumption is up and the industry is starting to thrive. Another one. So New York is getting ready to give people what they want. Marijuana being delivered right to your door. State regulators have issued new rules allowing licensed retailers to make home deliveries of weed and edibles. Customers will have to show proof of age upon delivery of the products. Retail licensees can have up to 25 staffers. Why? That's an odd number. Why only 25 staffers? And will they deliver on DoorDash? Because that would be fucking great. You know, overcharge everybody $5 for weed, but really it's a $40 purchase. A drug treatment court is working to provide nonviolent offenders with the help of overcoming their substance abuse issues and to keep them out of jail and prison. Buchanan County, Missouri, saw 130 treatment participants. Out of the 130 participants, 37 individuals have graduated and 25 had been terminated from the program while the remainder of the people are still going to treatment. The treatment court participants are required to stay off drugs and alcohol, but since Amendment 3 has passed in the state, it complicates things for these types of programs. The state constitutional amendment legalized recreational adult use of marijuana, but it has placed new restrictions on judges. Even though federal law still prohibits possession of marijuana for any purpose, everyone on probation, parole, or in treatment court must follow federal law. So what is Amendment 3? Amendment 3 removes state prohibitions on purchasing, possessing, consuming, using, delivering, manufacturing, and selling marijuana for personal use for adults over the age of 21. It requires a registration card for personal cultivation with prescribed limits, allows persons with certain marijuana-related nonviolent offenses to petition for release from incarceration or parole and probation and have their records expunged, It establishes a lottery selection process to award licenses and certificates, issue equally distributed licenses to each congressional district, and impose a 6% tax on the retail price of marijuana to benefit various programs. So there you go. Finally, Juul has agreed to pay $1.7 billion to settle lawsuits against a company. Earlier in September, the company agreed to a $430 million multi-state settlement regarding whether the company targeted young people in their advertising with ads that featured hot young people with vapes and all the cool fruit and dessert flavors that were offered by the company. Obviously, Juul has not admitted any wrongdoing in the case and still continues to sell its products in the United States, at least until the FDA bans the company from selling its vape products. Oh, I'm sorry, flavored vape products. Because we must protect the children. Anyways. I promise it's going to get better. What can I do? So that's all for today's show. I hope you guys have an excellent rest of your day or evening, and we'll talk tomorrow.